0: The Adventures of Sir Tristram of Lyonesse, Part Two. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. And Sir Tristram had high honour and ever lodged at the king's court. But for all he had done him such services, King Mark hated him. And on a certain day, he set two knights to fall upon him as he rode in the forest. But Sir Tristram lightly smote one's head off and sorely wounded the other and made him bear his fellow's body to the king at that the king dissembled and hid from sir tristram that the knights were sent by him yet more than ever he hated him in secret and sought to slay him so on a certain day by the assent of sir andret a false knight and forty other knights sir tristram was taken prisoner in his sleep and carried to a chapel on the rocks above the sea to be cast down but as they were about to cast him in suddenly he brake his bonds asunder and rushing at sir andret took his sword and smote him down therewith then leaping down the rocks where none could follow he escaped them but one shot after him and wounded him full sorely with a poisoned arrow in the arm anon his servant governail with sir lambagus sought him and found him safe among the rocks and told him that king mark had banished him and all his followers to avenge sir Andretz's death so they took ship and came to brittany now sir tristram suffering great anguish from his wound was told to seek isoud the daughter of the king of brittany for she alone could cure such wounds wherefore he went to king howell's court and said Lord, I am come into this country to have help from thy daughter, for men tell me none but she may help me. And Isoud gladly offering to do her best, within a month he was made whole. While he abode still at that court, an earl named Greep made war upon King Howel and besieged him, and Sir Kay Hedius, the king's son, went against him, but was beaten in battle and sore wounded then the king praying sir tristram for his help he took with him such knights as he could find and on the morrow in another battle did such deeds of arms that all the lands spake of him for there he slew the earl with his own hands and more than a hundred knights besides when he came back king howell met him and saluted him with every honour and rejoicing that could be thought of and took him in his arms and said sir tristram all my kingdom will i resign to thee nay answered he god forbid for truly i am beholden to you for ever for your daughter's sake then the king prayed him to take isoud in marriage with a great dower of lands and castles to this sir tristram presently consenting anon they were wedded at the court but within a while sir tristram greatly longed to see cornwall and Sir Kay Hedias desired to go with him. So they took ship, but as soon as they were at sea, the wind blew them upon the coast of North Wales, nigh to Castle Perilous, hard by a forest, wherein were many strange adventures oft times to be met. Then said Sir Tristram to Sir Kay Hedias, Let us prove some of them ere we depart. So they took their horses and rode forth, when they had ridden a mile or more sir tristram spied a goodly knight before him well armed who sat by a clear fountain with a strong horse near him tied to an oak tree fair sir said he when they came near ye seem to be a knight errant by your arms and harness therefore make ready now to joust with one of us or both thereat the knight spake not but took his shield and buckled it round his neck and, leaping on his horse, caught a spear from his squire's hand. Then said Sir Kay Hedias to Sir Tristram, Let me assay him. Do thy best, said he. So the two knights met, and Sir Kay Hedias fell sorely wounded in the breast. Thou hast well jousted, cried Sir Tristram to the knight. Now make ready for me. I am ready, answered he. And encountered him and smote him so heavily that he fell down from his horse. Whereat being ashamed, he put his shield before him and drew his sword, crying to the strange knight to do likewise. Then they fought on foot for well nigh two hours till they were both weary. At last Sir Tristram said, In all my life I have never met a knight so strong and well breathed as ye be. It were a pity we should further hurt each other hold thy hand fair knight and tell me thy name that will i answered he if thou wilt tell me thine my name said he is sir tristram of lyonesse and mine sir lamorak of gaul then both cried out together well met and sir lamorak said sir for your great renown i will that ye have all the worship of this battle and therefore will i yield me unto you and therewith he took his sword by the point to yield him nay said sir tristram ye shall not do so for well i know ye do it of courtesy and not of dread and therewith he offered his sword to sir lamorak saying sir as an overcome knight i yield me unto you as unto the man of noblest powers i have ever met with hold said sir lamorak let us now swear together never more to fight against each other then did they swear as he said then sir tristram returned to sir kay hedius and when he was whole of his wounds they departed together in a ship and landed on the coast of cornwall and when they came ashore sir tristram eagerly sought news of la belle Isol, and one told him in mistake that she was dead whereat for sore and grievous sorrow he fell down in a swoon and so lay for three days and nights when he awoke therefrom he was crazed and ran into the forest and abode there like a wild man many days whereby he waxed lean and weak of body and would have died but that a hermit laid some meat beside him as he slept now in that forest was a giant named taulais who for fear of tristram had hid himself within a castle but when they told him he was mad came forth and went at large again and on a certain day he saw a knight of cornwall named sir dinant pass by with a lady and when he had alighted by a well to rest the giant leaped out from his ambush and took him by the throat to slay him but sir tristram as he wandered through the forest came upon them as they struggled and when the knight cried out for help he rushed upon the giant and taking up sir dinant's sword struck off therewith the giant's head and straightway disappeared among the trees. Anon Sir Dinant took the head of Tauleus, and bare it with him to the court of King Mark, whither he was bound, and told of his adventures. "'Where had ye this adventure?' said King Mark. "'At a fair fountain in thy forest,' answered he. "'I would fain see that, wild man,' said the king. So within a day or two he commanded his knights to a great hunting in the forest, and when the king came to the well, he saw a wild man lying there asleep, having a sword beside him, but he knew not it was Sir Tristram. Then he blew his horn, and summoned all his knights to take him gently up, and bear him to the court. And when they came thereto, they bathed and washed him, and brought him somewhat to his right mind. Now La Belle Isolt knew not that Sir Tristram was in Cornwall, but when she heard that a wild man had been found in the forest she came to see him and so sorely was he changed she knew him not yet said she to dame bragwain in good faith i seem to have beheld him oft-times before as she thus spoke a little hound which sir tristram had given her when she first came to cornwall and which was ever with her saw sir tristram lying there and leaped upon him licking his hands and face and whined and barked for joy alas cried out la belle Isolde, it is my own true knight sir tristram and at her voice sir tristram's senses wholly came again and well nigh he wept for joy to see his lady living but never would the hound depart from tristram and when king mark and other knights came up to see him it sat upon his body and bade at all who came too near then one of the knights said surely this is sir tristram i see it by the hound nay said the king it cannot be and asked sir tristram on his faith who he was my name said he is sir tristram of lyonesse and now ye may do what ye list with me then the king said it repents me that ye are recovered and sought to make his barons slay him but most of them would not assent thereto and counselled him instead to banish tristram for ten years again from cornwall for returning without orders from the king so he was sworn to depart forthwith and when he went towards the ship a knight of king arthur named sir dinadan who sought him came and said fair knight ere that you pass out of this country i pray you joust with me with a good will said he then they ran together and sir tristram lightly smote him from his horse anon he prayed sir tristram's leave to bear him company and when he had consented they rode together to the ship then was sir tristram full of bitterness of heart and said to all the knights who took him to the shore greet well king mark and all mine enemies from me and tell them i will come again when i may well am i now rewarded for slaying sir marhaus and delivering this kingdom from its bondage and for the perils wherewithal i brought la belle Isoult from ireland to the king and rescued her at the castle and for the slaying of the giant taulais and all the other deeds that i have done for cornwall and king mark thus angrily and passing bitterly he spake and went his way and after sailing a while the ship stayed at a landing-place upon the coast of Wales, and there Sir Tristram and Sir Dinadon alighted, and on the shore they met two knights, Sir Ector and Sir Bors. And Sir Ector encountered with Sir Dinadon and smote him to the ground, but Sir Bors would not encounter with Sir Tristram, for, said he, no Cornish knights are men of worship. Thereat Sir Tristram was full wroth, for presently there met them two more knights sir bleoberis and sir Driant. and sir bleoberis proffered to joust with sir tristram who shortly smote him down i had not thought cried out sir bors that any cornish knight could do so valiantly then sir tristram and sir dinadan departed and rode into a forest and as they rode a damsel met them who for sir lancelot's sake was seeking any noble knights to rescue him for Queen Morgan Le Fay, who hated him, had ordered thirty men-at-arms to lie in ambush for him as he passed with the intent to kill him. So the damsel prayed them to rescue him. Then said Sir Tristram, Bring me to that place, fair damsel. But Sir Dinadon cried out, It is not possible for us to meet with thirty knights. I will take no part in such a hardihood, for to match one or two or three knights is enough.' but to match fifteen i will never assay for shame replied sir tristram do but your part that will i not said he wherefore i pray ye lend me your shield for it is of cornwall and because men of that country are deemed cowards ye are but little troubled as ye ride with knights to joust with nay said sir tristram i will never give my shield up for her sake who gave it me but if thou wilt not stand by me today, I will surely slay thee. For I ask no more of thee than to fight one knight. And if thy heart will not serve thee that much, thou shalt stand by and look on me and them. Would God that I had never met with ye, cried Sir Dinadan. But I promise to look on and do all that I may to save myself anon they came to where the thirty knights lay waiting and sir tristram rushed upon them saying here is one who fights for love of lancelot then slew he two of them at the first onset with his spear and ten more swiftly after with his sword at that sir dinadan took courage and assailed the others with him till they turned and fled but sir tristram and sir Dinadan rode on till nightfall and meeting with a shepherd asked him if he knew of any lodging thereabouts truly fair lord said he there is good lodging in a castle hard by but it is a custom there that none shall lodge therein save ye first joust with two knights and as soon as ye be within ye shall find your match that is an evil lodging said sir Dinadan lodge where ye will i will not lodge there shame on thee said sir tristram art thou a knight at all then he required him on his knighthood to go with him and they rode together to the castle as soon as they were near two knights came out and ran full speed against them but both of them they overthrew and went within the castle and had noble cheer now when they were unarmed and ready to take rest there came to the castle gate two knights sir Palamedes and sir gaheris and desired the custom of the castle i would far rather rest than fight said sir dinadan that may not be replied sir tristram for we must needs defend the custom of the castle seeing we have overcome its lords therefore make ready alas that i ever came into your company said sir dinadan so they made ready and sir gaheris encountered sir tristram and fell before him but sir palomides overthrew sir dinadan and would all fight on foot save sir dinadan for he was sorely bruised and frighted by his fall and when sir tristram prayed him to fight i will not answered he for i was wounded by those thirty knights with whom we fought this morning and as to you, ye are in truth like one gone mad, and who would cast himself away. There be but two knights in the world so mad, and the other is Sir Launcelot, with whom I once rode forth, who kept me evermore at battling, so that for a quarter of a year thereafter I lay in my bed. Heaven defend me again from either of your fellowships. "'Well,' said Sir Tristram, "'if it must be, I will fight them both.' therewith he drew his sword and assailed sir palamedes and sir gaheris together but sir palamedes said nay but it is a shame for two to fight with one so he bade sir gaheris stand by and he and sir tristram fought long together but in the end sir tristram drave him backward whereat sir gaheris and sir dinadan with one accord sundered them then sir tristram prayed the two knights to lodge there but Sir Dinadan departed and rode away into a priory hard by, and there he lodged that night. And on the morrow came Sir Tristram to the priory to find him, and seeing him so weary that he could not ride, he left him and departed. At that same priory was lodged Sir Pellinore, who asked Sir Dinadan Sir Tristram's name, but could not learn it, for Sir Tristram had charged that he should remain unknown then said sir pellinore since ye will not tell it me i will ride after him and find it myself beware sir knight said sir dinadan ye will repent it if ye follow him but sir pellinore straightway mounted and overtook him and cried to him to joust whereat sir tristram forthwith turned and smote him down and wounded him full sorely in the shoulder on the day after sir tristram met a herald who told him of a tournament proclaimed between king carados of scotland and the king of north wales to be held at the maiden's castle now king carados sought sir lancelot to fight there on his side and the king of north wales sought sir tristram and sir tristram proposed to be there so as he rode he met sir kay the seneschal and sir Sagrimore, and Sir Kay proffered to joust with him but he refused desiring to keep himself unwearied for the tourney then sir kay cried sir knights of cornwall joust with me your yield is recreant when sir tristram heard that he fiercely turned and set his spear in rest and spurred his horse toward him but when sir kay saw him so madly coming on he in his turn refused whereat sir tristram called him coward till for shame he was compelled to meet him then sir tristram lightly smote him down and rode away but sir sagramor pursued him crying loudly to joust with him also so sir tristram turned and quickly overthrew him likewise and departed anon a damsel met him as he rode and told him of a knight adventurous who did great harm thereby and prayed him for his help. But as he went with her, he met Sir Gawain, who knew the damsel for a maiden of Queen Morgan-le-Fay. Knowing, therefore, that she needs must have evil plots against Sir Tristram, Sir Gawain demanded of him courteously whither he went. "'I know not whither,' said he, "'save as this damsel leadeth me.' "'Sir,' said Sir Gawain, ye shall not ride with her for she and her lady never yet did good to any and drawing his sword he said to the damsel tell me now straightway for what cause thou leadest this knight or else shalt thou die for i know of old thy lady's treason mercy sir gawain cried the damsel and i will tell thee all then she told him that queen morgan had ordained thirty fair damsels to seek out sir Launcelot and sir tristram and by their wiles persuade them to her castle where she had thirty knights in wait to slay them oh shame cried sir gawain that ever such foul treason should be wrought by a queen and a king's sister then said he to sir tristram "'Sir knight, if ye will stand with me, "'we will together prove the malice of these thirty knights.' "'I will not fail you,' answered he, "'for but few days since I had to do with thirty knights of that same queen, "'and trust we may win honour as lightly now as then.' "'So they rode together, and when they came to the castle, "'Sir Gawain cried aloud, "'Queen Morgan-le-Fay, send out thy knights that we may fight with them.' then the queen urged her knights to issue forth but they durst not for they well knew sir tristram and feared him greatly so sir tristram and sir Gawain went on their way and as they rode they saw a knight named sir brews without pity chasing a lady with intent to slay her then sir Gawain prayed sir tristram to hold still and let him assail that knight so he rode up between sir brews and the lady and cried False knight, turn thee to me and leave that lady. Then Sir Brews turned and set his spear in rest and rushed against Sir Gawain and overthrew him and rode his horse upon him as he lay, which when Sir Tristram saw he cried, Forbear that villainy, and galloped at him. But when Sir Brews saw by the shield it was Sir Tristram, he turned and fled. And though Sir Tristram followed swiftly after him, yet he was so well horsed, that he escaped anon sir tristram and sir Gawain came nigh the maiden's castle and there an old knight named sir Pelones gave them lodging and sir percides the son of sir pelonis a good knight came out to welcome them and as they stood talking at a bay window of the castle they saw a goodly knight ride by on a black horse carrying a black shield what knight is that asked tristram one of the best knights in all the world said sir persides is he sir Launcelot?" nay answered sir persides it is sir palomides who is yet unchristened within a while one came and told them that a knight with a black shield had smitten down thirteen knights let us go and see this jousting said sir tristram so they armed themselves and went down and when sir palomides saw sir persides he sent a squire to him and proffered him to joust. So they jousted, and Sir percides was overthrown. Then Sir Tristram made ready to joust, but ere he had his spear in rest, Sir Palamides took him at advantage, and struck him on the shield, so that he fell. At that Sir Tristram was wroth out of measure, and sore ashamed, wherefore he sent a squire, and prayed Sir Palamides to joust once again, but he would not, saying, tell thy master to revenge himself to-morrow at the maiden's castle where he shall see me again so on the morrow sir tristram commanded his servant to give him a black shield with no cognizance thereon and he and sir persides rode into the tournament and joined king carados's side then the knights of the king of north wales came forth and there was a great fighting and breaking of spears and overthrow of men and horses now king arthur sat above in a high gallery to see the tourney and give the judgment and sir lancelot sat beside him then came against sir tristram and sir persides two knights with them of north wales sir bleoberis and sir gaheris and sir persides was smitten down and nigh slain for four horsemen rode over him but sir tristram rode against sir gaheris and smote him from his horse and when Sir Bleoberis next encountered him, he overthrew him also. Anon they horsed themselves again, and with them came Sir Dinadan, whom Sir Tristram forthwith smote so sorely that he reeled off his saddle. Then cried he, Ah, sir knight, I know ye better than ye deem, and promise never more to come against ye. Then rode Sir Bleoberis at him the second time, and had a buffet that felled him to the earth and soon thereafter the king commanded to cease for that day, and all men marvelled who Sir Tristram was, for the prize of the first day was given him in the name of the Knight of the Black Shield. Now Sir Palamedes was on the side of the King of North Wales, but knew not Sir Tristram again, and when he saw his marvellous deeds he sent to ask his name. "'As to that,' said Sir Tristram, He shall not know at this time, but tell him he shall know when I have broken two spears upon him, for I am the knight he smote down yesterday, and whatever side he taketh, I will take the other. So when they told him that Sir Palamedos would be on King Carados's side, for he was kindred to King Arthur, then will I be on the King of North Wales's side, said he, but else would I be on my lord King Arthur's. Then on the morrow, when King Arthur was come, the heralds blew unto the tourney, and King Carados jousted with the king of a hundred knights and fell before him, and then came in King Arthur's knights and bare back those of North Wales, but anon Sir Tristram came to aid them and bare back the battle and fought so mightily that none could stand against him, for he smote down on the right and on the left, so that all the knights and common people shouted his praise since i bear arms said king arthur never saw i a knight do more marvellous deeds then the king of the hundred knights and those of north wales set upon twenty knights who were of sir lancelot's kin who fought all together none failing the others when sir tristram beheld their nobleness and valour he marvelled much well may he be valiant and full of prowess said he who hath such noble knights for kindred so when he had looked on them a while he thought it shame to see two hundred men assailing twenty and riding to the king of a hundred knights he said i pray thee sir king leave your fighting with those twenty knights for ye be too many and they be too few for ye shall gain no honour if ye win and that i see verily ye will not do unless ye slay them but if ye will not stay i will ride with them and help them nay said the king ye shall not do so for full gladly i will do you courtesy and with that he withdrew his knights then sir tristram rode his way into the forest that no man might know him and king arthur caused the heralds to blow that the tourney should end that day and he gave the king of North Wales the prize, because Sir Tristram was on his side. And in all the field there was such a cry that the sound thereof was heard two miles away, The knight with the black shield hath won the field. Alas! said King Arthur, where is that knight? It is shame to let him thus escape us. Then he comforted his knights, and said— be not dismayed my friends howbeit ye have lost the day be of good cheer to-morrow i myself will be in the field and fare with you so they all rested that night and on the morrow the heralds blew unto the field so the king of north wales and the king of a hundred knights encountered with king carados and the king of ireland and overthrew them With that came King Arthur, and did mighty deeds of arms, and overthrew the king of North Wales and his fellows, and put twenty valiant knights to the worse. Anon came in Sir Palamedes, and made great fight upon King Arthur's side, but Sir Tristram rode furiously against him, and Sir Palomedes was thrown from his horse. Then cried King Arthur, Knight of the Black Shield, keep thyself.' and as he spake he came upon him and smote him from his saddle to the ground and so passed on to other knights then sir palamides having now another horse rushed at sir tristram as he was on foot thinking to run over him but he was aware of him and stepped aside and grasped sir palamides by the arms and pulled him off his horse then they rushed together with their swords and many stood still to gaze on them and sir tristram smote sir palomides with three mighty strokes upon the helm crying at each stroke take this for sir tristram's sake and with that sir palomides fell to the earth anon the king of north wales brought sir tristram another horse and sir palomides found one also then did they joust again with passing rage for both by now were like mad lions but sir tristram avoided his spear and seized sir palamedes by the neck and pulled him from his saddle and bore him onward ten spears length and so let him fall then king arthur drew forth his sword and smote the spear asunder and gave sir tristram two or three sore strokes ere he could get at his own sword but when he had it in his hand he mightily assailed the king with that eleven knights of lancelot's kin went forth against him but he smote them all down to the earth so that men marvelled at his deeds and the cry was now so great that sir lancelot got a spear in his hand and came down to assay sir tristram saying knight with the black shield make ready when sir tristram heard him he levelled his spear and both stooping their heads they ran together mightily as it had been thunder and sir tristram's spear brake short but sir lancelot struck him with a deep wound in the side and broke his spear yet overthrew him not therewith sir tristram smarting at his wound drew forth his sword and rushing at sir lancelot gave him mighty strokes upon the helm so that the sparks flew from it and sir lancelot stooped his head down to the saddle-bow but then sir tristram turned and left the field for he felt his wound so grievous that he deemed he should soon die then did sir launcelot hold the field against all comers and put the king of north wales and his party to the worse and because he was the last knight in the field the prize was given him but he refused to take it and when the cry was raised sir launcelot hath won the day he cried out nay but sir tristram is the victor For he first began and last endured, and so hath he done each day. And all men honoured Lancelot more for his knightly words than if he had taken the prize. Thus was the tournament ended, and King Arthur departed to Caerleon, for the whitsun feast was now nigh come, and all the knights adventurous went their ways, and many sought Sir Tristram in the forest whither he had gone, and at last. Sir Launcelot found him, and brought him to King Arthur's court, as hath been told already. End of chapter 11 Recording by Thomas Rose